It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Carrickmacross Credit Union, where dreaming of warmer climates becomes a reality with a Carrickmacross Credit Union holiday loan. O'Neill Street, Carrickmacross or carrickmacrosscu.ie. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Get lowest can be APR, zero deposit required, and finance arranged within four hours with all 192 pre ordered Renaults. What are you waiting for? There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drogheda, or Cavan. Good afternoon and welcome to Late Lunch this afternoon. Joan Larkin here sitting in for Jerry today. As always, the number to text or WhatsApp with your questions and comments is 086-1800-658. Now kicking off this afternoon, my first guest is a woman after my own heart, I have to say, a working mum who's just done her last school run after many, many years. Barbara Scully, journalist and broadcaster, you're very welcome to Late Lunch. Thank you very much, Joan. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Barbara, you said uh, not goodbye, but good riddance to the school run. <laughs> I am so over it all. The whole thing to do with school. I have done nearly three decades of being consecutive years of being a school mom from junior school up through secondary school. And my uh, my youngest daughter is about to, uh, well, has technically finished school. She graduated last week. And other than the old leaving cert, which is a bit of a major obstacle, uh, I'm done. I'm over. I'm finished with the whole shooting gallery. I'm finished with school runs, with school lunches, with school uniforms, with white knee socks that never match up, <laughs> with a million things. And I am tasting that freedom. Um, and I'm really happy about it. Yeah, I'm delighted. Barbara, how many children do you have? Only three. It sounds like I have about ten. <laughs> Only three, but I had a big gap in the middle. So um, my eldest left school the same year as my youngest started. So as I say, it's, that's why it's been 30 years. Oh, I right. Have- Every one of those years, uh, Joan, I yes. really have. Oh, I feel your pain. I was the very same. Yeah, the, the race into school in the morning. I hated, oh. I hated the way it had to be so regimental. I hated having my time dictated by the school mm. starting time, finishing time, racing to and from. So I feel your pain. But you've written a letter about it, a letter to your daughters. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> well, you know, I felt it was time to wake them up to the kind of torture they put me through. Um, and I, I, I mean, I will, I will say, um, first of all, I will apologise to anybody because a few people have been onto me on Twitter who are only starting out on this road. And I keep saying, Asher, it'll fly by. But, you know, it won't. <laughs> no, it won't. Long. No, it won't. It's very tortuous. And by the time you get to the end of it, you really are kind of uh, exhausted from all of the things. But, yeah, the letter to my daughter was just so my daughter's would just be so that they were clear on 
the torture that they put me through. And I mean, you know, a couple of the things I mentioned, mm. uh, the school apple. Uh, yeah. That's in junior school where you have the terror of not giving them a lunchbox that's nutritionally balanced and, you know, <laughs> ticks all the nutrition boxes and the healthy boxes. And then there's the apple, which they all promised me literally for the last 30 years. Yeah, I'll eat the apple. And in junior school, the apple went in and out every day. I took, I, I checked the bag and the apple was still there. And on, and usually then on Friday, being Friday, I didn't check the bag. So the apple kind of went in and out to school for, for five days, then languished over the weekend for another two days. Yeah. Um, so that their bags always smelled like an orchard, um, <laughs> kind of apples that were well gone beyond their best before days. And occasionally, just to add insult to injury, somebody take a bite out of one. And that was purely so that I wouldn't try and get a second week out of the apple. <laughs> um, so there was the apple that went went in and out uh, to school for the entire week. Yeah, I um, think we all have that. Yeah, the leathery, wrinkly old apple that's found in the bottom of the bag. Well, thankfully, they didn't um, have bananas in their bags. That's a lot worse. That, yeah, I was very pleased. None of them, and they still don't like bananas. The other thing is school uniforms. How many of us out there have had, you know, people talk about the dread you feel on a Sunday night because, mm-hmm. you know, Monday's rolling around again and all the rest of it. But what about, there's nothing worse than that feeling at about, usually about 10pm, when you suddenly realise, oh my God, I forgot to wash the uniforms. Yeah. For whatever reason. And you suddenly then turn into this mad, whirring dervish who goes around trying to collect uniforms, put them into a quick wash and hope it'll take out whatever stains um, that are festooning the uniform and then crank up the central heating way into the night because you're drying stuff on radiators all over the house. Oh, absolutely. I've been that soldier. Yeah, I feel your pain with that one. And they never tell you. I'd say to them, no. why did you not tell me your uniforms are still in, like, in a heap on the floor in your bedroom? Oh, because it's not their job. No, and they, they, they just step over them. Yeah, mine were the same. They never even realised they had no uniform for the next day. Or I'd, I'd get a phone call at work, Mom, where's my tracksuit? Exactly, yeah, that's the other one then. Yeah, the, the sports uniforms, which they only ever think that they need on the morning that they need them. And yeah. So I don't know where it is. Where is it? And you find it in the bottom of their uh, sports kit bag. Yeah. Um, and luckily, I had only one who played football, and that usually was a disaster because they had to be washed. But I mean, I did awful things with other ones, like stuck them in a the dryer with one of those for <laughs> to make them smell a bit better for 20 minutes before they went. Oh, God. <laughs> and, you know, talk oh, to me about the one thing that I I never miss. Now, my kids are out of school. My daughter's actually and uh, she's 26 so she's a good few right. years out and my son will graduate this year so he's 22 yay, yay. so I've been yay. free for quite a while he drives himself to and from college so Oftentimes. oh yeah. yeah but yeah, I was thinking earlier on about about you now my, my daughter when she went to DCU and we live in Slane most times I would drive her so it didn't end for me most times no, I would I'm not having anything to do with college <laughs> my one I said the same no I'm not having anything to do with college the, my eldest one didn't go to college um, so she went straight to work, so that was fine. My middle one is in college, just finished first year, and I think the second one, unless she crashes through the leaving cert, should be the plan is that she will go to college as well. But I've told them they are on their own, and I am, I'm typical. I sound like my mother and my grandmother, <laughs> and my great grandmother by saying, "When I was your age, I was working for three years, and I was looking after myself." So I refuse to get involved in college. College is complete. Now, having said that, I have to pay the bloody fees. But after that, mm-hmm. leave card and all the rest of it. Yeah. After that, they are on their own. I oh. am not getting involved. They can sink or swim. I'm done. They're 18. They're adults. I'm not doing any more. Oh, my God. I'm too soft. I, I must have been too soft. Yeah. I must no, have been. Hard. I've been. I've become hardened after these three decades, I think. 
I was at my youngest daughter's graduation last week and you could see the difference between the parents. And I was that parent once. I know when my eldest graduated, I cried through most of it. It mm-hmm. was all lovely and very sweet and very emotional. By the time your third one goes through, you sit there looking at your watch going, when is this over? When can I get out of here? When can I go home? I've had enough. Um, oh, Lord. So, yeah, I've become hardened. Oh, well, I don't know. I, I, I pitied her on the cold mornings, you see, having to get the bus and then the bus goes all around the world and goes into Dublin Airport before it goes to DCU. And I got all of this. Oh, mom, I'm going to be late. So by the time I dropped her to Navin for the bus, I often thought, oh, do you know what to hell with it? I'll just drive you the whole way down. I don't. I don't. No, you don't <laughs> Stop that girl. You really want to stop I did that, that for the, I did that, book. yeah, I did that for three out of, out of the four years. One of her years, she was on Erasmus in Germany and I had a break. But then when she came back for her fourth year, I did it again. Because that's the other thing. I'm so fed up of my life having to be, I mean, the mm. first thing I did every time I got a new diary was get out the school calendar and yeah. copy in all the dates that I need to be aware of mm-hmm. uh, into my diary. And I'm fed up with that. I'm fed up with my, my life having to be shoehorned into a school calendar. And I say, there's a whole different ball game when they're in junior school and you have all the childcare issues. But I'm talking even in secondary school when you need to know, you know, trips and transition mm-hmm. years and extracurricular stuff and all, all of the other uh, baloney that goes on with it. Mm. I am so fed up with that. I can taste freedom. And I said this to them all. I sat them down last week and I said, you know something, I may never cook a family dinner again, ever. (laughs) If I decide to do it, it's because I want to do it. But you guys are now completely on your own. I may go and live on an island for a year. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you have a big plan or something? Yeah, I may do that. I've always hankered after the idea of could I survive? I'm a city girl. I've always grown up and lived still in, in the suburbs. But I have this idea that there's another part of me that wants to live somewhere quite isolated just for maybe a year to see how I get on. I can do that now. Well, I have a husband as well. I'm not sure what you feel about that because (laughs) he'd have to stay here. Uh, But I think that that might be something that I could do should I decide that I want to do it. I could rent myself a little cottage and head off to Inishir in the Aran Islands and sit there for a week. And I could come home the odd time to visit. And they could come and visit me if they wanted to. But imagine the freedom of that, where I could get up at whatever time I wanted. Yeah. And I could do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. And I would write the most amazing stuff out there, definitely. You see, yeah, I have that freedom. Yeah, I have that now. And I thought I was going to do something brilliant with it as well, because my fella drives himself to and from college. He moved out recently, so I, I don't have any kids at home now. Oh, and he's moved out and all. Oh, he's moved out and all, yeah. Moved out and all, yeah. Living in Dublin, yeah. Driving himself oh. to and from college. I so, want to hear that you are really having a highlight. Uh, you God, I'm very boring. What you were doing with all this, with all this freedom that you have. Yeah, I've only had the total freedom now for about uh, six weeks. He's only gone since just before okay. Easter, so I don't know. I haven't well, done anything. Nothing. Well, I think the message that needs to go out from this to anybody listening to us right now is that if you're coming to the end of the road, and I mean you're two or three years off, but you're coming to the end of the road, or if you're at the end of the road like you are completely, and I am just about, make your plans. Make mm. your plans. Because you know what happens, and I don't want to depress you, but what very often happens that, well, two things will either happen, especially when you have a big gap like I have, is grandchildren. Oh, God. And, yeah, which will... Barbara, stop. (laughs) That'll slow you down a bit. I'm there, girl. I have a grandchild. Now, she lives on the other side of the world, unfortunately, but um, so she doesn't slow me down too much. Mm. Um, And the other thing, then, is elderly parents um, who need a lot of support. So you take the freedom, girl, when you have it and go and make it. Okay, I've got this little pocket. I've got this little pocket. Yeah, I am planning. Do you know what you should do? What should I do? Actually, and I've been doing this for the last few years, is you, you should have a special notebook into which you put your dreams. 
Right. Had the maddest dreams, travel dreams, mm-hmm. places you want to visit, things you want to do, things you want to learn, you know, things you want to experience. Put that into the notebook so that you're ready to say, OK, now I have the time to do this. And you go to your notebook and say, right, I'm going to do that one. Well, do you know what I'm trying to get used to? I'm trying to get used to myself and my husband in the house on our own. We haven't been alone since 1992. And how's that working out, John? Mm, it's very strange. <laughs> I'm still buying too much food. I'm still throwing out stuff. I haven't gotten used to not doing a big shop. Okay. I haven't gotten used to just buying and cooking for two people. You know, yeah, I, but you're, you're you're not looking at him going, "Oh my God, is this it?" <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Worries me a little bit. No, no, not yet. I'm just trying to get used to the fact because I'm thinking we married in '91 and then the first was born in '93, so we barely had a year of a married couple before we had a baby, and we never oh really God, had like freedom. Honeymoon, really, yeah. Mm. Well, you could do all the romantic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm exhausted after rearing those two kids for the last 26 years. I don't know. You get holidays and go and stay on an island somewhere. Take some time out and do whatever you like for yourself. Is there anything you're going to miss, Barbara, from the old school life? You know what I was thinking that? Do you know what the one thing I will miss? And mm. I do miss because obviously I left it behind in junior school. The one thing about school that I'm so glad, I mean, there's probably more than this, but the one that I'm stopping my head, nativity plays. Really? I loved the nativity plays. I'm not a sentimental person, but every year when it, when they were little and I had to go over to the school and pack into the back of a, a, um, a smelly classroom and watch them making a, a hames of a nativity play, yeah. I loved it. All I have to do is hear little small children singing away in a manger and I am toast, gone. Oh, really? A puddle of tears, yeah. Oh, That's the one thing that I absolutely loved about them being about them being little and being in junior school was nativity plays. They could um, be hilarious. Yeah. There was always a little one at the side crying and always another little yeah. one messing. Yeah, everything is it all the drama going on. Yeah. So that I will miss. Do you know what I don't miss? Do you know what I used to despise? And apologies to all the teachers out there, but it was the parent teacher meetings. Oh my God. Oh the dear God. You take a whole day off to go to it and you get three minutes. And you st- you sit in a queue, mm-hmm. and you have the parents who think who don't who for some reason can't see that there's anybody else in the room, and decide to have a huge big long chat, um, and you're sitting there waiting for your three. They're ridiculous. They are absolutely ridiculous. I hate them. Oh, it took forever. Yeah, I know, I know. But there was good stuff about school as well, wasn't there? Can you think of anything? Can you think back to your own school days? Did you oh, like I loved school? Being at school. Oh, I loved being at school. Absolutely. Um, I. The friends. I mean, you know, when I think back to my school days, I went to a very typical Irish Catholic school brought up by nuns, only girls. Mm, and I me too. made the best friends, um, you know, two of whom I see all the time. And then the other, the rest of our group, which was about six or seven of us, we meet up about twice or three times a year. And those women are amazing and brilliant because they are the only friends that you will have in your life that knew you when you were just you. In other words, you, you haven't met them because you're somebody's mammy or somebody's wife or some radio broadcaster or writer or whatever you do for a living. Yeah. You met these women when you were just yourself. And that is a very precious and a very special friendship. So for anybody, I think, leaving school, if you can take a couple of good friends with you, that's 
That's great. That is, is secondary, but that's brilliant. Exactly. My best friend to this day is a girl I met when I was 14 in there school. Yeah, we have a comment in and actually you might like to, to hear this one. She, a lady, a listener says, if having children and dealing with all the school staff is such a pain in the ass, why you had them? You could also homeschool them. That would be a joy. What do you think oh, about you that? you must be joking. I mean, you must be joking. I have the greatest respect for teachers because I wouldn't do their job for all the money in China. Neither would I. I think school teachers, both at junior, particularly probably at junior, but also at secondary level, when they become moody and grumpy and uh, everything else like that, I think school teachers are brilliant. And you know what? Although I don't regret having my children, and uh, but at the same time, you don't really know what you're letting yourself in for when you start having children. It's a long road. And it's a break when they go to school. They're gone for five or six hours. Homeschooling them? No, thanks. You've got to be kidding me. Oh, oh yeah. Got to be, you shouldn't have to do the apple, though, but no, you've got to be kidding me. And they wouldn't have a uniform, but still, no, you you've got to be kidding me. No. no. Definitely not. Barbara Scully, it's been a joy. Thanks a million for taking Thank the time you. to chat to me today and good luck with the rest of your life. Make the Thank plans, you. girl. <laughs> Take Thanks. care. Bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Opening launch sales offers are now available from Blackstone Motors and we are giving away a 191 Renault Clio. Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda now to enter. Welcome back to Late Lunch with myself, Joan Larkin, sitting in here for Jerry for the rest of the week. Our number to contact us at text and WhatsApp is 086-1800-658. Now, very much in the news this past week was the visit to this country of Prince Charles and Camilla. Now, on the first day of their Irish trip, they were warned that it wasn't going to be a bed of roses, this old Brexit deal. They were warned that it wasn't going to be a bed of roses for Ireland by the local principal of St. Louis in Dundalk, Michelle Dolan. She joins me now on the line to tell us more. Michelle, how are you? Good afternoon, Joan. Michelle Dolan here. How are you, Michelle? Michelle, momentous. You got to speak to Prince Charles about Brexit. How did that come about? (laughs) Well, we had an opportunity um, at the beginning of the year to get involved in a cross-border project with a school in Bambridge called Newbridge Integrated College. So from that, then, we've had kind of workshops going on in Glen Cree and up in Coromila. Some of our students have been working on art projects, looking at identity. So then from that, Eamon Rafferty, who is one of the coordinators in Glen Cree, approached me about two weeks ago and said he was looking for a couple of schools to come together to talk about British-Irish relations and that there was an opportunity to meet the president and a significant UK representative, but he couldn't tell me who it was. It was all top secret and, you know, a state secret. So then last Wednesday, the three schools came together. Ourselves here, four of our students, one girl from fifth year and three TYs a number of students from the Newbridge Integrated College and a couple of girls and boys from Glen Column Kills um, up near Knock Lyon. They came here to school and they had a couple of hours just to tease out what they thought about British-Irish relations and Brexit and all of that. And then we went to Glen Cree on Monday. We heard finally that it was going to be His Royal Highness, the Prince of Wales and uh, the Duchess of Cornwall would be represented. So you, then, um, yeah, That's a very exciting time for you. The students, were they very excited about it? They were they were very excited and they were you know they were nervous they were a wee bit kind of starstruck at the idea but they had lots to say the girls that we brought with us would be interested in in politics and history and would you know would have a, a kind of a uh, experience of um, have an opinion. One of the girls had just been in Strasbourg with the Rotary Leadership Competition. She won the the, the regional competition and represented mm. this area in heaven. So people, there were girls who who had something to say. And what did she say to him, Michelle? 
What was the chat? When I, when I was talking to him, um, he came over to us and President Higgins introduced us to the uh, Prince and said, this is St. Louis Dundalk and they're quite a famous school for music and the arts. And I said, yes, one of our girls here is a fantastic pianist and violin player, Hannah Pfeiffer, and they spoke to her for a little while. And then they asked us about diversity in Dundalk and they asked about the border. Mm. And then I said to the Prince that I had actually trained in Wales as a teacher, but worked in Northern Ireland for 14 years. Mm-hmm. And that now I was, you know, acting principal in Dundalk. And that, that that connection, that relationship was really, really important to all of us. We didn't want to lose those connections and that, that simple moving across the islands and that Brexit was a real threat to that. And how did he take and that, Michelle? He, yeah, he was engaged. He was he was very friendly and very affable. You know, he mm. wasn't, you know, aloof in any way. And he was listening and he was he was talking to the girls. He was asking them what they thought. And um, then he was talking to some of the boys from Banbridge and, his aides were trying to pull him away and he was saying, no, he wanted to hear more. He was genuinely engaged in what we were talking about. So that was really, and you did, know, very uh, refreshing. Yeah, and did you get to speak to President Higgins as well about the issue? Yes, we, yeah, and he spoke He, he spoke to one of our students, uh, Asquelga, and we talked about the importance of a holistic education and about being a rounded person, you know, and he talked about that to them. And then he was moving on to the next group and he said, you know, as a border town, this is obviously really important to you. And I said, yes, it is. It's going to have a terrible impact if things don't resolve themselves the way we'd like. And then there were some reporters uh, following the visit and they mm. came over and they kind of talked to us and chatted through as well and asked us what, yeah. what had been said. So, you know, it wasn't, it, we were very friendly, we were very polite, but, you know, it, it that's what the conversation was meant to be about, British-Irish relations. And, and getting the point across. In the future. Yeah. yeah. And how things were going to be in the future rather than just the past. But Yeah, yeah, of course. Was, we have to look forward to the future. Instead, yeah, so yeah, that's what Glenn Cree's work is all about, yeah. solving, you know, differences and trying to find a way forward. But I suppose it's very difficult for them when they're representing the British as heads of state. And then, you know, it's in, in the news again, Brexit is, is so important this week. It's come back into focus and yes. know, it's hard to avoid it, really. And Michelle, how did the students feel about Brexit and, and the possibility of a hard border? Well, a lot of the students would have family um, on the other side of the border or, who, or live on the other side of the border and cross the border every day. So they're very concerned. You know, they are. They don't know what it was like not to have that freedom to move to go to Newry or to go to, you know, Monaghan without going through a checkpoint. So they are very concerned about it. They don't want to go back to the days that we've been talking about with them. They've never seen it. They don't want it. Yeah. Um, you know, they're very much European. <clears throat> they see themselves as European. Of they want course. that freedom that they've always had to move, um, whether it's into the north or whether it's to some other part of Europe without you know, calls to bring passports and all of that. So and, the, yeah. and the students in the north as well, on the other side of the border, they must be fearful as well at the same. They are because, yeah, because they have, like, like that, these um, are quite, they're pioneering young people really. In the north, only 7% of young people go to an integrated school. So, you know, they would have maybe come from segregated primary school situations and they're very now used to having friends from both sides of the community and you know, having an open border keeps everything settled and stable mm. and they don't want to see in a, a time when things are different than they have been for the last 10, 15 years, you know. And so what... It's, sorry, go ahead, Michelle. No, it's just, it's really, I think it's just uh, that it was an important time um, for everybody to get together and we're hoping to work with them again. There's another meeting maybe on the 22nd of June in Glencree for the schools to come together and then our second years are continuing to work with the two schools on their art project and they're getting a really you know much more time together more chances to talk these things out and just to look at their what does it mean to be Irish what does it mean to be British in this context you know when everything is changing so much and there's so much 
university and on two yeah. islands. So it was, it's really good. It's actually a great initiative for the students, isn't it, to get together? It's a great. Yeah. It's the way forward, isn't it, really, Michelle? It is because when people live together and play together and work together, then those differences disappear. You know what people might mm. be afraid of from a distance, but when they actually know each other and their personalities and their their families, then all of that just disappears, and you're you're left with the core person. And the dignity of that is what's really important. And I think when there's so much polarisation and so much worry mm. about populism and all of those things, that it's the an- that's the answer. It is. You know, it's the only way. Meeting, yeah. sharing, that's going to break all that down, you know. Yeah. So it's very, very important. Yeah. Well, Michelle, well done. Well done. It was a, actually a great moment for you guys. A great initiative really. altogether and the best of luck with yeah. the future. Thanks a million for joining me today. Much. OK. Thanks a million, Michelle. Bye Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Opening launch sales offers are now available from Blackstone Motors and we are giving away a 191 Renault Clio. Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda now to enter. Welcome back to Late Lunch this afternoon. The number to contact us, to text us and WhatsApp is 086-1800-658. Now, the parents of an eight-year-old little boy from Kells in County Meath are appealing for public help to try to raise €25,000 to get treatment which they hope will stabilise his life-limiting condition. Little Milo Poblocki suffers from progressive mitochondrial disease with Lee syndrome. His parents, Alicia and Eric, say time's running out for their little smiling boy and they're desperate to get him help in the US in July before his organs shut down. Milo's mom Alicia is on the phone. Good afternoon Alicia, how are you? Good afternoon, I'm well, thank you so much. How are you? Thanks for joining us Alicia. Can you tell us a little bit about mitochondrial disease and, and how it affects your little boy? Yes, yes. So mitochondrial disorder is it's all about producing energy which is necessary for proper organs and body system functioning. We all have mitochondria. They are the powerhouses of the cells. And uh, and when that energy is not producing and is pleasing correctly around the organs, it slowly shuts down them. Mitochondrial disorder is rare and might occur at any age. But children live with this from a couple months to several years. And it kills more kids in early childhood than any cancer combined. And that affects Milo very badly. Uh, he lost already ability to talk, walk, and eat independently. He has special tu- tube going directly to his stomach. And he's using special pump to be fed with special food, which is easy to absorb. And he needs that because stomach, uh, his stomach losing ability to absorb the fastest from his other organs. So as far as his stomach is in the worst condition, that's why he experienced massive vomits and stomach pain. He's losing on his weight because he can't digest, he can't absorb. So definitely his stomach is the worst. And uh, because of that, he's in constantly discomfort. You know yourself when you have stomach pain. Yeah. Yeah. And his next problem is his midbrain, which is responsible uh, for body and organs coordination and for muscles that are very weak that's why he can't swallow properly uh, and food going a wrong way straight to his lungs and finally the most painful cramps and muscle spasm that uh, again he can't control 
Alicia, what age was he when he was diagnosed? Uh, he was diagnosed uh, early after born. Okay. And the prognosis that they gave you then was children with this disorder rarely live beyond the age of six. Yes, that's it. Yeah. He's had his eighth birthday this past yeah, weekend. Yes, this Saturday he has his eighth birthday. But, you know, time is running out for us because his body organs are slowly losing their abilities. They are slowly shutting down. We live in constantly fear that we will lose him. But as you said, doctors said that he will live maximum until the age of six. And he is he's already, already eight. So, so he's an amazing, an amazing child, an amazing little boy. He's defied all the odds so far. He's eight years old. Alisa, tell me about the hospital in America, in Philadelphia, where there is some hope for children with this disease. Yes, yes. Um, Actually, that's sad, but uh, there is no proper treatment that would be cured completely from all of symptoms. But for Milo, it would be a huge progress if somebody would help him even with one painful symptom that caused his pain and discomfort. And we found that hope in a Children's University Hospital in Philadelphia, uh, where mitochondrial medicine, medicine is on the highest level. And I'm linked with the local families, and I know how much help they got from their doctors. They said uh, for their kids, special mitococktail which stopped regression. Kids, uh, kids regained their strength and started speak and walk and eat independently again. So we hope they will be able to do the same for Milo. Alicia, we have some texts in. Um, our listeners, one text said, I'm in bits listening to that poor mom. How can we help? And we wish her well. Has she contacted any charity for help? And some people go through so much and hope that that little boy gets his miracle. So here's your chance, Alicia, to put the word out there to try to raise the money. You've raised €25,000 so far. You need the same again to send little Milo to America. Is that right? Yes, that's right. That's right. And uh, I keep, uh, since we got uh, estimate, uh, since we got approval, I uh, keep I keep trying to email everywhere, and I'm just waiting for a response. You know, we have it's so frustrating because we have not much time left uh, to go there, and we set up GoFundMe page, and uh, we are on the uh, we are in the process to set up trust account for Milo and uh, his GoFundMe page uh, it's called Milo and Monster Lee and we really we would like to ask for help because we can't win that battle ourselves we, no. we need help of people with good hearts you know we, we won't give up we, we have to get him there you know and it's just 25,000 euro I know you could say that's a lot of money but in the grand scheme of things it's not really we, that could easily be raised 25,000 so okay. you're, you're putting the word out there and we're going to put the link to your GoFundMe page on our social media and on LMFM's Facebook page so anybody who wants to help or is in a position to help you can go over there to our Facebook page or any of our social media pages and have a look and see what you can do to contribute to help this little boy. Just before we leave it, Alicia, do you want to tell me a little bit about him? I've seen photographs of him, a gorgeous little boy, and you call him your smiling little boy. He's always smiling. How on earth does he stay smiling, Alicia? Yes, yes, he's a very happy boy. 
as long as he's not in pain. He likes people and his little friends. He loves his school. He's in special care unit in Navan Johnston. He loves the place and uh, all the lovely stuff. He's in love with that place and he loves his bus driver and the escort. He loves giggles and we are always working sometimes so hard to keep him smiling, to avoid crying, to distract him from pain, because that causes losing of energy. We love his smile and his energy that he spreads around. And uh, despite everything, he's trying to smile and joy of life. I can see his desire in his eyes. He always trying to say something, even in lack of energy to do it. He loves music that always distracts him the best from pain. He loves company and giggles. He loves his older brother company. He wants to leave everybody that knows Milo loves him. Yeah. He's a very special boy. He's a miracle child as it is reaching the age of eight. So we wish him the very best and the best to you with your campaign. Anybody who is in a position to help, please go to the GoFundMe page. We'll have it up on our social media in the next few minutes. And in the meantime, Alicia, thanks a million for taking the time to talk with me this afternoon. The best of luck with the campaign and the future from Milo and give him a great big hug from all of us here Thank in LMFM. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, so Alicia. Much. Best wishes. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Opening launch sales offers are now available from Blackstone Motors, and we are giving away a 191 Renault Clio. Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda now to enter. Welcome back to Late Lunch this afternoon. Don't forget you can text or WhatsApp us on 0861800658. Now with the good weather, hopefully here for a while, it's time to think about outdoor pursuits and keeping the kids active and entertained with the upcoming summer holidays. James Murray from Boyne Valley Activities has had quite a roller coaster of a ride in the last few weeks and he's on the line now with some good news for us this afternoon. How are you, James? Uh, how are you doing? How are things? Great, thanks. Uh, Not about the James, you've been in the news very recently. Can you tell us what that was all about? You hit the headlines there. We did, we did, we did, yes, unfortunately. Um, yeah, the whole uh, issue with the outdoor pursuits and leisure industry with their insurance um, kind of came along to us fairly quick, out mm. of the blue, um, and we were, we were forced to shut down on the 1st of May this year as it was time for our insurance to be renewed. Um, when we, we went to renew it, we just started getting, first of all, the quotes, we couldn't get a quote initially, and then we went looking for some more quotes, and it took us about three weeks to get ourselves back up and running. And James, um, is this the first time you've had an issue with insurance costs? It is, yes. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been running um, for six years. This is the seventh season now. Um, we've been insured with the same broker since we started the business. Uh, we've never had a claim um, and we were just expecting to have, uh, you know, to go and renew again on the 1st of May, as we have done every every other year. Um, and we had heard, uh, we had heard through different companies in the re- in the area um, that this may be coming down the line. But when we made inquiries about it, we were categorically told that there was no way it was going to happen to us because mm-hmm. there was going to be no issue with our insurance because we have had 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 no claims. And, right. it, and the the issue situation was only going to be targeted to people that had had previous claims uh, up to this. So See. when we went ahead, um, we were we were due for renewal on the first of May. We had kept in contact with the brokers just to keep an eye on everything. And then on the twenty the twenty eighth of April, they sent us an email and said that we couldn't be insured, they couldn't cover us. You absolutely so we just right. could not get insurance. Yep. 
absolutely. Um, that, that was my broker that couldn't get me the insurance. So then we had to obviously go looking ourselves. Um, and we subsequently found a different broker in Dublin who was insuring us, who has insured us now through the UK market. Even though we were with a, we were with a UK broker as yeah. well, um, and we had been insured up to that. And did they give any um, reason yeah. why? Did they give any reason why? You had no claims against you, no problems. What was Absolutely. their reasoning? Uh, the, for initial prob- the initial issue we had, or we were told, um, was that uh, the UK company were pulling out of Ireland um, and that uh, they weren't going to cover any of the leisure industries uh, due to, two. Uh, they said Brexit was an issue and they also said uh, the high claims uh, compensation culture was an issue that they were pull- the underwriters were pulling out. Okay. Now, that's what we were told. Now, mm. we subsequently went and found uh, brokers in the UK and they did cover us, so they haven't pulled out of Ireland. They're obviously still here, um, but they gave us an extortionist uh, rate. Okay. Uh, premium. Okay. So our, our premium yeah. has gone up, you know, up nearly 400% from where it was last year. So 400%. Nobody could, nobody could deal with a hike of 400%. Well, I mean, we couldn't. Uh, no. So that's why we were closed from, from May 1st. Um, we, the, the, the first weekend, we would have essentially, and all the other activity companies that are, if they're listening in, it's a 16-week period is our is our boom time. It's it's our it's when we get busy. Um, we obviously we ramp up in the winter. Uh, you know, we 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 get going from spring, then we peak in the summer, and we ramp back down then from September October. Um, and we were we lost the first three weeks of our summer season. And you obviously and talk to yeah yeah other people in the same industry. Is it a problem across the board, James? Do you find absolutely? Absolutely. Uh, it's the tip of the iceberg. Um, we have been talking to companies both in the, in the Mead Loud area, uh, Dublin area, Donegal, Cork, the whole, throughout the whole. It's been a serious networking uh, set up for us lately because every, every company, uh, pardon the pun, is in the same boat. And mm-hmm. our issue is that we, one of our, ours were one of the first ones to be up for renewal. Uh, we have companies now that are are in the, they're waiting and they're sitting and waiting and their renewals are in the end of June, some in July, some in August and everybody is just sitting there holding their breath to see what's going to happen. And presumably and a lot of these companies have bookings for this coming summer. Absolutely, yeah. Including yeah, yeah. yourself and, probably, yeah. Yeah, so I mean we were, like my, my issue was, like we we got this information on the 1st of May, um, we had to cancel everything for the, the May bank holiday, which was the 5th of May, that everything that was coming in to us had to be cancelled there and then, deposits returned, um, business we handed back to our competitors um, at least we were able to take them out right. um, we lost everything over the, the the first weekend last weekend and then this week we start we, we were open last, we were open last weekend it was the first physical weekend we could actually start trading again and, and you everything know, else had to go James in, in this day and age when there's an increase in obese and unfit children surely this kind of leisure industry should be being promoted Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, anything that gets kids out into the fresh air, exercising, having fun running around in boats on the lakes, whatever. I mean, what, I mean, what, what do you think? It's, it's very important. What, do you, what can be done to help businesses like yours to survive? Well, I mean, like, I mean, you, you, you said it there. I mean, we've, we've have, there is a massive issue at the minute with, uh, I mean, if you ask any parent, any parent is listening in, uh, they're trying to get their children away from, from the playstations, they're trying to get them out in the fresh air. Um, the activities that we will provide, same as other, uh, providers, they're soft activities, so they're, it's, it's, it's simple kayaking that everybody can do. You don't have to be a certain level. Mm. Um, it, it, they're all class of soft activities that we're trying to get people outside into nature-based experiences with some fresh air inside them. Um, and, you know, I don't know where we go with, I don't know what level it comes to, to get, to get, uh, to get this on, uh, on mainstream. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I think people are just sitting there, it's just nobody seems to be doing anything. I mean, like in, and in, in saying that, there's so much work going on in the background from the likes of Fogart and Mead Tourism, Ireland's Ancient East. There's an awful lot yeah. being promoted here. Like my company, uh, personally, like we're heavily involved with all of this. There's, there's a, there's a blue way coming down to the middle of Trim, taking yeah. up 35 kilometers of the Boyne. That this work is going on in the background, um, and the agencies are all are all behind everything. It's just that it's somebody, it's whoever is can organise the insurance end of it. I mean, there's nobody like people aren't sitting on their hands as regards uh, trying to get experiences and trying to bring visitors into the country and trying to have things yeah, for either exactly. locals or visitors to do. That's that's fine. There is no issue here. The issue is now that all of a sudden, uh, it, this wasn't here six weeks ago. It wasn't here two years ago. Now we just can't get insurance. So I mean, it's that's that's the bottom line. It's it's not a, a you know what that's the only thing we have to address. Yeah, you, you're there. You yeah, you have the product. You have the activities on offer. You're there in all the brochures. You're open for business. It's just a matter of getting the insurance sorted. But you yourself, James, you're back in business. You're ready to go. So it's business as usual for Boyne Valley activities. So if anybody wants to book in with you, where can they find you? Yeah, so I mean, we're, we've, we, uh, we, you can get it on, online on our website at www.boynevalleyactivities.ie. Um, we, we have a very uh, active social media platforms from Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, and it's just, just tag us as Boyne Valley Activities. Our phone number, you know, is 086. Uh, 734-2585 but all that information is on our website um, and I mean it, it's it, the issue is that we have so much going on and that, that as you said at the, at the start of it's it's activities it's simple activities for a lot of people that can get involved in from, from 7 to 70 years of age it's out in the fresh air it's it's in base and trim we're in Boy, we're in Slane we're throughout the Boyne Valley and it just it just gets so frustrating when mm. you know when, when we were closed for three weeks and and the difference there was it, you know we were lucky that we were able to to finance that um like if it was we were so close to getting that if we didn't have that the whole place would shut down and it's it's a we're it's a leisure business uh it's a business that has been taken off from a hobby um so there is no surplus of money going into a season there that you can just take a hit like this do you know what I mean like, yeah it's not yeah it's three not weeks at the beginning of may is a disaster really isn't it you know and, yeah. and nothing before do you know yeah. so i mean yeah. we are we are open for business we've opened up coffee shops along the river bank and trim we have we've summer camps and kayaking camps and kayaking courses yeah. we have 
we know we're floating through time tours down the Boyne. There's so much happening there. Um, you know, and I, it's, yeah. if people can get there, uh, you know, at least we are open for, well, and we are insured if anything's yeah, wrong. Exactly. You know, so good, you know. Well, that's um, brilliant. At least your business is going to survive the summer and hopefully long into the future. James, thanks a million. The best of luck and thanks, thanks a lot for joining us on Late Lunch this afternoon. No problem at all. Good Thank luck. Thanks Take a million. Care. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Get low as can be APR, zero deposit required and finance arranged within four hours with all 192 pre-ordered Renaults. What are you waiting for? There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drogheda or Cavan. Welcome back to Late Lunch. Don't forget the number to text or WhatsApp us is 0861800658. Now, Taking Care of Me has been described as a women's health and wellbeing event created for women by women and it's taking place in Meath in Rathoth this weekend. To tell us more this afternoon, we have the event creator and the recently crowned Superintendent Pharmacist of the Year, Ola Elgarawani from Lily's Pharmacy in Rathoth and we have Deirdre Murphy from Meath Women's Aid. They will benefit from this event this weekend. Deirdre, if I can start with you, please. Um, all the money raised at this Sunday's event is going to benefit um, the women's refuge there. You're the manager there, Deirdre. Can you tell us a little bit about the refuge and in the years that you've been manager there, have things gotten better or are they still as bad or have they gotten worse for women in your experience? Well, we're, uh, the refuge, to answer your first question, um, we're, the refuge is operating for the last, uh, since 1987. So that's the over 30 years uh, I've been involved since that time um, I suppose in, if we look at today um, there's more awareness of you know domestic violence mm-hmm. violence against women and um, it's you know we, we, we see an, a lot of women um, you know p- presenting to us they may not want to come into refuge but they actually need a support and it's it's a hidden um you know, it's a secret within a family and it's hard for women to come forward. But because of, uh, you know, different women, you know, coming out and, and talking about uh, their experience, it's given courage to other women, mm-hmm. you know. So we see a lot of women that may not want to come into um, refuge itself, but they want support. They need support, in, uh, you know, in, uh, in other ways. And that's what we try and provide. And do you think... Have things gotten worse or is it just that more women are actually being brave enough now to come out of the shadows of domestic abuse? I think women are brave enough, you know, they're just coming out there. They're willing to talk more openly Mm -hmm. um, about their experiences. And, um, you know, before it was sort of the family secret. Yeah. You know, so how many women do you think estimated would you would you treat? Would you deal with in a year? Would you look after? Well, uh, last year we had um, 40 women and uh, 59, 60 children in refuge during that year. Um, But we had 415 women that we dealt with Mm. to our outreach services. Yeah. So these are women, you know, we wouldn't have had that in the past. Women wouldn't have wanted to use a support service because, you know, they didn't really want to speak about it. But our, our, our outreach services to women in the community have grown year on year. And the children that you briefly mentioned there, the children that are involved, of course, they can get forgotten in all of this. Yes. There are yeah. so many children who will have to leave the home with the mum. Mm-hmm. So are there services for those children as well within the Women's Refuge? Well, we do provide services with the mum, um, you know, and we do provide um, services for the for the children. Um, and this year we're focusing on play therapy and, uh, you know, group, ter- group therapy for um, 
group is self-esteem for the children and it's been we've had a few programs so far and it's really been ben- beneficial it gives the child a voice mm. you know, and it may not it's not sitting around it's true play and it's just and giving them coping tools mm-hmm. you know how to deal with their situation not to be frightened and to share and to you know to speak up yeah so what kind of services do you offer i mean if somebody presents to your door and they're terrified and they want help, but they're afraid to come in the door or they're afraid to be seen. I mean, mm. how can you reassure these women that it's OK to come forward and, and to present themselves? Well, most of the time, if a woman does, you know, is scared for, you know, somebody else to know her, they, they'll ring. Right. You know, so they'll ring and, you know, just you just reaffirm to them that's, you know, confidentiality that we, you know, no one is going to discuss Mm. You know, we don't have to meet them in the refuge. We can meet them for coffee. We can meet them where where it suits them. Right. So okay. we then just make it a plan. Show them, you know, give them a list of their options, yeah. and keep in contact with them so that they, you know, we can do follow on with them just to keep keep in there with them and until they're ready to do something. And in your experience, have there been women who would have come into the refuge, will say, and stayed for a while and then gone back to the family home? And and would you see them maybe a year from that coming back to you again? Has that ever happened? In we your would experience? have in the past, you know, mm. we would have seen, you know, like the revolving door, yeah. you know. But, you know, women now have uh, they they seem to be, you know, um, like it's one it's a crisis in their life and they look at, at their options and they seem to have more options as well regarding court and. Um, You know, so they'll use those options and they'll to make themselves safe and and their children safe. Yeah, of course. And doing it on your own is very scary. But when you know you have the support of someone else that understands what they're doing, uh, what's what's happening and how they can support them and um, a listening ear as well, you know. So this weekend, this um, in the Ratoth, in the venue, we're going to have this event and I'm going to welcome into the conversation now. Ola, how are you? And can I say first, congratulations on your award. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) Um, How long have you been a pharmacist? Oh, I've been a pharmacist uh, a long time ago. Um, I have been qualified in Egypt as a pharmacist. And when I came over to Ireland to to live here, I I had to do a qualifying course and I have been a pharmacist since possibly 1998. Okay, so you have a great interest in women's health and in women's issues. So do you think as women, we're all a bit too hard on ourselves in general? Oh, definitely, definitely. And I'm included. So uh, if you are either a businesswoman or even uh, looking after your children, it's heavy duty all the time and we are always on the go. We don't give ourselves really credit as well. That's uh, that's another problem. Yeah. So um, this weekend, can you tell me a little bit about the event that's happening on Sunday in Rototh? Right. OK, so I uh, I have been in Rototh as a as a as a pharmacist and I'm, I'm, I'm the owner of Lily's Pharmacy for the last 11 years. Uh, it's a family business. My own daughter works with me as a pharmacist as well. Mm. Uh, it's a, as I said, it's a family business, and we're very aware of the community. It's we're really a big part of of the community. And over the years, I I, I feel like we're taking part of healing our patient. Uh, so uh, I was always really big into health promotion, and I think pharmacist has to be a part of the health promotion. Not only dispensing, not only stay in the pharmacy, but take the knowledge out there. So women's health was always like a passion of mine Uh, and I am very open about it uh, and I like my patient to be open about it as well so this event on Sunday is purely for women and it's uh, delivered by women so I have 12 or 
possibly 13 speakers, uh, women, very empowering, and they are very um, uh, experienced in the field. Okay, so and all the monies raised on Sunday is going to go to the Meath Women's Refuge. Absolutely. So it's a fantastic cause as well. But coming back to yourself, in your life as a pharmacist, when women present with, let me see, think about something, you'd come in with looking for a way to get slim or something like this, or all the new things that are on the market now, you know, raspberry ketones, apple cider vinegar, all this sort of stuff. We're so hard on ourselves and we're so tough on ourselves. And I, I, I mean, what do you see women doing to themselves, especially to lose weight in this day and age? I mean, we're all we all want the quick fix, but that's just not there, is it? That's very true. And this is um, that's the common uh, like uh, question over the counter, if you like, over the years I have been coming across. Um, and that was the reason why I went back and I studied nutrition, because there are lots of um, misinformation. Uh, and, and, and as you said, women are very hard on them on themselves and they really like to believe everything you know mm-hmm. mentioned about weight loss uh, so uh, in the pharmacy I, I provide obviously service of um, advice and I have a weight loss clinic and I have a nutrition clinic so this is working really well it doesn't have to be a supplement for weight loss it, I talk to people about their nutri- nutrition and their lifestyle as well and I, I, I think it's working okay what's the best tip you've ever had for not just losing weight but maintaining that loss well again do, do you know like I do a, a kind of a, a complete assessment it could be not the food really it could be something else do you know it could mm. be a hormonal imbalance it could be other issues that they are not aware of and they are just being hard on them on themselves and they're not really aware that there are other things they have to do so I tip is always like check your bloods first let's do a blood test see where the hormones are if the hormones are fine and they're not really acting up and they everything is fine i explain about food and what food can serve and what can food can be avoided Mm. Uh, as i said like possibly like most of the cases they will respond really nicely so i don't really give tips for a quick fix I really change lifestyle and yeah. ideology because this is something will stay with them really rather than like the quick fix doesn't work. It doesn't work. And we all we've we have all been done there. <laughs> we all have been there. We've so, all uh, done it. Yeah, I would be interested more in health promotion as I as I said, like uh, their well being really. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and how they feel about themselves. And then know? where did the connection come between you two ladies? Where did you get the idea for the event and then to donate the proceeds okay, to so um, the women's refuge? I, I was recently actually actually uh, public speaking in an event similar and I was uh, it was for charity again a different charity and it was actually a win-win day I was really impressed by the the fact that, that all the audience really got something information and knowledge from mm-hmm. the speakers and the proceeds went to a charity I was like that's a that's be- beautiful like you know it's a win-win situation I thought about it and then the reason why we picked this charity, obviously, besides they are doing so much work, it's unbelievable. Like I have a passion to this charity, like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's really incredible. And after meeting Deirdre as well, I knew more. But it is actually the 26th of May is the same week of the International Day of Action for Women's Health. Mm-hmm. So we picked it that week for that reason. Okay. And we picked this beautiful charity because the amount of work they do is unbelievable. So anyone who wants to go along on Sunday, then where, where can you get tickets? Uh, the ticket are available on an Eventbrite. Uh, the link is 
on our social media everywhere and the event is called taking care of me there is a facebook page there is a and in the pharmacy as well in Lily's pharmacy they can actually buy the ticket or they can buy their ticket on, at the door on Sunday and it's on Sunday all day Sunday it's is from 12.30 till 5.30 okay so you heard it here first Deirdre congratulations with all the work that you do and continued success in the future helping all the women out there in need and Ola congrats on your award again and with the event this weekend the best of luck to both of you for the Thank future you. thanks a million for taking the time and coming in it's Thank lovely to have so guests sitting in front of me in the studio thanks a million for taking the time Thank Thank you. Good luck. Bye bye. Thank you. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Opening launch sales offers are now available from Blackstone Motors, and we are giving away a 191 Renault Clio. Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda now to enter. And you're very welcome back to Late Lunch, where myself and my producer Louise have just been chatting about our school days again, but a little bit different this time. I'm just wondering, um, have you ever missed a day in school, Louise? Or how many days did you miss? Or were I, you were you a good girl? I wasn't too bad. No, I didn't. There were some days I didn't like going in, but I wasn't too bad just when I was sick. I did miss a lot of college days, though. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. But not primary yeah. or secondary. No, yeah, I don't remember. I'm not holding my hand up to anything. It's too long since I've been in school. But we have a young man on the line now who has never missed a day in school. Joshua Kerwin, how on earth did you do it? How are you? You're very welcome to late lunch. Thanks very much. Hello. Joshua, you're 17 years of age. And are you telling me you haven't missed one day of school? No, I haven't missed a day in primary school or secondary school. 13 um, years. So you're after getting an award for that. Yeah, I got an award last night. Well, fair yeah. play to you. Well done. What school did you go to? What secondary school? Uh, School of Warrior in Dunlear. Okay. So yeah. you got the award last night and today was your last day of school, is it? Yeah, today was my last day of school, yeah. How did so that go? Was that good crack? It was good. It was good crack, yeah. We finished at 11 and got to say goodbye to everyone. So how does it feel going. to be free? Yeah, and we're going tonight for our graduation, so. And so all you have to do now is just a, a small little exam, isn't that it? Yeah, well, <laughs> a big exam. Yeah. So, yeah, it's an exam, yeah. Come here, did you never wake up one morning, a rainy old day in January, and say, oh, no, no, I'm not going in? I mean, I definitely did, but my mum wouldn't let me do that now at all. <laughs> and did you never try to fake it? Uh, no, I wouldn't have been a child for faking anything, no. I would have been, I would have loved, I loved going to school and seeing my friends and working hard, like I was a hard worker. And like sports and stuff like that, I would always be committed. Yeah, but yeah. as the years went on, when you finished, say, primary school and you realised, yeah. oh, did you realise then, oh, I've never missed a day? Was it ever said to you, say, when you yeah. got to sixth class? When I, yeah, when I got to sixth class, I got a big award for not missing me, like a day in all eight years. So, so I guess I wanted to keep that going through secondary school as well and see how far I could go with it. That's what I was going to say so, to you. So yeah. what about when you were sick? Were you never sick? Uh, not really. I was. I got lucky, I guess. It was more luck than anything because I got sick on like uh, weekends or during the holidays because I got chicken, chicken box during the summer and <laughs> luck played a big part in it, I guess, yeah. So you got sick during the summer holidays or you got sick at the weekends and you said yeah. that was lucky. See, <laughs> well, I guess so, yeah. Joshua, yeah. you're extraordinary because most kids would say, oh, I want to be sick on a Monday or maybe a Friday yeah. so I have a long weekend. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, almighty. <laughs> and listen to me, you're ready for the leaving cert. Are you all set? I am all set, yeah. Hopefully I'll do well. And what do you think about the future? Have you any career path in um, mind? Well, I love science, so I'm hoping to do something in science, but I'm not really sure, yeah. Okay, so you don't yeah. have any definite plan yet? No, I don't have any definite plan yet, no. And Tamir, to me, what about your advice for anyone now who's in school and they don't particularly want to be there? What would you say to them? Well, I'd say just enjoy it while you can because it doesn't last forever and just try and get your full attendance even for a year and then keep it going for as long as you can. 
and because they're the best years, the best years of your life. So just enjoy them. Do you think a lot of people say yeah. that? Yeah, your school years are the best years of your life, and then yeah, you go to college, yeah. and then they'll say, "No, the college was the best year." But you've that in the future, so we'll see. Yeah, come back to us yeah. when, when you finish college and and tell us. So I have a line here on on. A, I have a little a few lines here written about you, and your mum gave you some very good advice. She yeah. said, if you commit to something, always give it 100%. Yeah, that's my mum's motto, all right, yeah. She said that to you when you were young and you took it to yeah. heart and you ran with it. I did indeed, yeah. She must be very proud of you. Yeah, she is. And she's the one that backed me all the way through all of it, so. Yeah. Big thanks to her as well. Do you think you'll follow this advice for life, Joshua? I think so, yeah. It's good advice. Was it never a challenge now in all the years going to school? Was it never a challenge to keep up this great attendance record? I mean, it was never a challenge. I like uh, If I had to miss a day, I would miss a day. But it just time never came where I had to miss a day. And it just, if anything, nothing ever serious came up. So it was lucky, it was lucky. And, and we keep it going. Ah, look, yeah. I have to find a chink in your armour somewhere. Were you ever yeah. even late? No, I was never late, no. <laughs> you were never There's late? No chink in the armour, no. I was never late, no. Oh, do you know something? We spoke to your principal this morning. We spoke to uh, Ailish Flood this morning. Do you want yeah. to hear what she said about you? Yeah, She said, ahead. it's very rare to see a student who hasn't missed a day in all in both national and post-primary education. Yeah. She said Joshua's an amazing all-rounder, both academically, sporting and socially. He's great crack, but also enormously respectful and polite. And we've no doubt any employer will be delighted to have him in whatever career path he chooses. Now, isn't that? something to say from your principal definitely well that's good to hear that's a nice thing to hear yeah. isn't that you should yeah. put that now on the top of your CV Joshua yeah I know no matter where you go <laughs> to start you off in life anyway yeah. so can you tell us just before I let you go a little bit about the award you got last night and what happened um, well they called out my name for me to go up to the award and it was for a lifetime attendance and also for missing, not missing a school in sixth in sixth year not missing a school in secondary school and the lifetime attendance award as well and then I got a medal and uh, a trophy as well Joshua I think you're an outstanding young man your parents must be very proud of you well done the best of luck keeping up that attendance record once you go to college come back to us in a few years time and let us know how you got on I will indeed thank you very much thanks a million Joshua enjoy bye 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 The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors setting the standard tyre for award winning customer service you can trust visit the regional dealer for Renault and Dacia in the northeast for exclusive launch offers with lowest can be AP or finance and finance arranged within four hours dare to live Welcome back to Late Lunch and just before I go to the next item I have to mention our Facebook competition. You might recall the last few days we've been running this competition in association with the Pet Centre in Dundalk and over on Facebook now we're down to the final six. So the photo with the most likes and shares combined will win the overall prize. You can vote for your favourite over on the LMFM Facebook page so go over there and have a look. There's a great prize, an overall prize of a week's stay for your pet at the Pet Centre's iPet Hotel. That's a great prize altogether. A month's supply of food plus a superb pro-groom full makeover session for your animal. That's all with thanks to the Pet Centre and that's on Linenhall Street in Dundalk. You can check them out online at thepetcentre.ie. And speaking of pets, my next item... 
More than ever, unfortunately, we're hearing about the seemingly unending stream of animals in distress. Dogs being stolen or dumped. Puppy farming's been in the news again this past week. And it seems despite all the work by many, many animal charities around the country, the problem's just not going away. But the people running the various animal charities around the country are determined to make a difference. And one campaign which caught our eye here on Late Lunch is one called 99K for Canines. That's by the people at Dogs Trust. So Joining me on the line for a chat about this latest campaign is Karina Fitzsimons. She's the communications officer with Dogs Trust. How are you, Karina? I'm great. Thanks, John, for having us on. Thanks a million for joining us, Karina. You're very welcome to Late Lunch. Let's start with this latest campaign, the 99K for Canines. It's a great name. Where did the idea come from? Um, basically, we want to get people involved um, in raising much needed vital funds for Dogs Trust. Um, and what easier and better enjoyable way to do it than to get your dog involved and to go walking. We know how much dogs love to walk and how much they need to walk for um, keeping them balanced and engaged. And they they need to be out and about. It's not just enough, you know, to have a big back garden. So to round all that up um, and to make it fun, we're actually challenging dog lovers to walk 99 kilometres for canines um, during the month of June. And it's really easy to sign up. People can join our Facebook group called 99K for Canines Dogs Trust Ireland. You set up a Facebook fundraiser and you can find out on the post. There's a little link there and you fill out your form and you get a free T-shirt and a really fetching bandana for your dog. Oh, so you were all putting your heads together and you decided, let's get people out there. Let's get people walking with their dogs and let's raise money at the same time. It's a brilliant idea. 99 kilometres, though, in the month of June. I've signed up for it myself, so um, I'm willing to try it. So it it sounds like an awful lot, though. 99 kilometres in the month of June. it sounds like a lot, but when you put when you divide it by thirty, it's not really at all. Um, it's probably what an average dog walker would do, and I say a lot of people will actually they'll they'll smash that target, no problem at all. Um, and we also want to make it achievable for anybody to be able to do. So you know whether you walk a little or walk a lot, you everyone should be able to do this over a month. So it's a brilliant campaign, but can we get back to the whole reason why Dogs Trust and other animal charities have to run these kind of fundraisers and these kind of campaigns? There are huge challenges facing people working in the animal rescue um, world today. What's, In your opinion, Karina, in your experience, what are the biggest challenges facing animal rescue today? And well, one of the biggest challenges is the amount of stray and abandoned dogs in Ireland in 2017 there was over 11,500 dogs entered Irish Pound so basically there needs to be a greater emphasis placed on why these dogs are entering the pound system in the first place and we and, and setting a clear strategy for reducing this number. Another thing is as well um, dogs aren't being microchipped even though it's a legal requirement, stray dogs are presented to us the whole time and they're either not microchipped or they are chipped and the chip isn't registered to their owner and it makes it really hard for us to reunite the dog with their owner and a lot of dogs are unnecessarily going through the pound system and the rescue system because their, their microchip isn't registered and it would just save so much trouble if people ensured that the chip is registered to their details and is up to date. And Karina, is there any type of dog that is in particular filling the rescue centres at the minute? I see an awful lot of sight hounds and huskies that are being abandoned or discarded or given up to the pounds. Why is it, do you think, that these are certain types of breeds that people are just handing over? Well, we generally see lurchers, terriers and collies um, the most in our home and centres um, or centre, sorry, in Dublin. We take dogs from the pound system all around the country and they are the breeds that we generally seem to get the most of. Um, they are quite common breeds in Ireland. 
We did see an increase in Huskies back in 2013, but we haven't in recent times. Um, but there is a, a designated Husky charity in the Dublin area. So that could be a reason why we don't we don't see those many okay. those type of dogs. Okay, so they are taking those type of dogs. But the the lurchers and the terriers they're coming to you all the time, are they? Yeah, they're they're quite a common breed in Ireland. So we would generally see whatever the most common breeds we we generally get them. And we would take a lot of pregnant mums um, from dog pens and from some other rescue organisations because we have a dedicated maternity ward. Um, and the mams come here and have their puppies here and they're cared for by our, um, our dedicated puppy carers before they're rehomed. So it's not all doom and gloom. I know the world of animal rescue has an awful lot of sadness in it, but you must have some heartwarming stories as well. Reunited dogs, re- reunited with their owners. Good things that have come from bad situations, Karina. Yeah, we do. We meet some amazing people. Um, we had a dog who was reunited Elsa there last year and um, she'd been missing for a year almost to the day. And she was found straying and her chip was checked and lo and behold, her owners were called and they came back in and she'd literally been gone for a year. No one knows where she'd been, but she, but she was thankfully reunited with the owners and a really delighted um, young girl who was like her best friend. Um, another example is um, a dog we actually had here with us called Jake for four years and he was extremely shy and found it really hard to trust new people. So we found it quite difficult to try and find him a home. Mm. Um, and along came this man Brian who can really basically only be described as a hero he basically came in every day dressed up in the canine carer's uniform for three months and he started playing fetch with Jake through a fence in Italy and then he progressed into the field with him and then he started spending time walking him in his kennel and then eventually Jake went home and the day he went home everybody in the building gathered to wave him off (laughs) and there wasn't a dry eye in the house (laughs) So perseverance on that man's part and of course a love for the dog as well yeah, but we actually get that quite regularly that there, there will be shy dogs here and people are just like, they're absolutely amazing. They'll just put so much effort in. They'll come in every day if they can and then you'll get a photo or a video clip three or four months later or the dog will come back to say hello and the dog is almost unrecognisable because they've just gone to a loving home and they just blossom. Mm, they do, they just blossom, don't they? Yeah, totally. And you know what I've noticed an awful lot in the last couple of years, especially on Facebook pages, is the amount of stolen dogs. The amount of dogs that are gone missing from their front gardens, their back gardens, people let them out for a couple of minutes and they're gone, vanished. Do you think this has become a huge problem? It's not something we have figures on, Mm. um, but we would always say to people, it's just really not safe to leave your dog um, anywhere, to be honest. You should be supervising them at all times um, under the control of dogs. Act like Dogs aren't supposed to be out and about wandering around. So it's just, you you don't know who's about, you don't know what their motives are. So it's just, you know, keep your eye on your dog and make sure you're with them at all times. And you know what I still see? Dogs tied up outside supermarkets, outside stores. Do you see that's that's just crazy in this day and age? Yeah, because... It can actually be quite overwhelming. If you've a dog and they're a little bit shy and someone goes by with a shopping trolley, that's quite loud. And if someone approaches them to say hello, they've nowhere to go to. Um, so it, it, it's quite a, um, a, a not a nice situation for the dog because they could be put in a situation where someone goes by with a bike and rolls over their paw and they lash out and then you know it's it's just not a very nice situation to put your dog in I know there's loads of people in the world out there now who want to do some good um, a bit of time on their hands maybe that might like to get involved with helping you guys out in Dogs Trust um, are you looking for volunteers are you always looking for, for help um, we have a volunteering programme and what we do is we actually advertise vacancies as they arise. So if there's like, say we need help in our shop or we need help walking the dogs or we need help with the laundry, we pop them up on the website. So if people go to dogstrust.ie forward slash volunteering, 
they'll see when we have vacancies for that. And Karina, lastly, before I let you go, just remind us again about the 99k for canines and how we can all get involved to walk the paws off ourselves and the dogs. <laughs> yeah, sure. You just basically sign up um, on our Facebook group, which is called 99k for canines, Dogs Trust Ireland. You set up a Facebook fundraiser um, or you can contact us and ask for a sponsor card. And there's a pinned post on the page which has a link to the registration form for your free T-shirt and your bandana for your dog. Lovely stuff. Karina Fitzsimons, Communication Officer with Dogs Trust. Thanks a million for joining me. The best of luck with 99K and with the rest of your work. Thanks a million, Karina. Thanks a million, John. Take care. Bye-bye. Now, we were going to leave it there for today, but we do have one more little thing to do. I have to have a short chat with a man who has not only gone and sold out the National Concert Hall tonight, Pat Coldrick, how are you feeling this afternoon? How are you? My God, good afternoon, Joan. It's great to hear you. And, and many thanks to uh, having me on your, your show. Congratulations. Not at all. We were going to finish up with Dogs Trust, but we thought, you know what, this man is after doing something amazing, selling out the National Concert Hall. You must be on cloud nine, Pat. Um, you know, if there was a scale of um, happiness from one to ten, I'd be at 11 right now. Uh, it's just absolutely, I, I can't describe the feeling... Joan, and you know, and I just want to thank all your listeners. I mean, everybody, the, the, the goodwill and support from everybody to, to, to make this dream a reality. You know, I just want to thank everybody, you know, for the support over the years and thank Jerry and yourself having me on your shows and just for spreading the music. And it's just, you know, it's a, it's a big team effort and it's just, it's just a lovely feeling. I'm happy for everybody involved. You know, it's just wonderful. I can't describe the feeling. Pat, when did you first get the word? When did you first get the invite to play the National Concert Hall? Just, um, uh, it was there was a rumour there they were interested in running a show with me there last December and in January it was confirmed which was great great start of the year yeah and uh, so um, the last few months have really flown there's a lot of work gone into sort of preparing ton- tonight and the arrangements made for the music and, mm. uh, it's just been non-stop but um, yeah so really last um, January um, so official invite from you've been looking years. forward to t- since last January you probably thought oh. the 22nd of May would never come Absolutely, absolutely. I, I can't believe it. it's all very surreal at the minute, you know. And I know. I just, uh, just before you rang me there, I was just in the main auditorium there and looking on. It's just, yeah, just, it's just unbelievable, you know. Fantastic. So, um, of course, it's sold out. So anyone listening now that yeah. wants to go, I'm sorry, it's sold out. But tell us a little bit about the plans for tonight. You're with the RTE Concert Orchestra and a couple of special guests, Pat. Yes, there is indeed. I mean, um, it's actually um, Navin, actually, legendary Brian Byrne from Navin. Uh, who has arranged and um, the music and is also um, conducting on the night. We also have legendary Jimmy Smith on guitar in the orchestra and, of course, myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pat, I think we've lost you. The line is oh. dreadful, Pat. Oh, is it? Yeah, the line is... Are you moving about there? No, haven't moved. Can oh, the line is dreadful. You were just in the middle of telling us who the special guests are. Oh, can you hear me now? I can hear you, Pat, yeah. Okay, yes, I don't know if you what you heard the last there. We have um, Jimmy Smith on guitar in the orchestra and Brian Byrne conducting, both from Navin. Um, and also we have the legendary Finbar Fury as a guest and John Sheehan, uh, who's celebrating his 80th birthday. So um, it's a fantastic lineup. Um, Amazing lineup, yeah. Yeah, there'll be a great variety of music and good fun and plenty of stories. So it's all about entertainment this evening and to be lots of music and lots of crack you know so it's really going to be a great night you know well I'm going to see you there definitely absolutely can't wait to see you I'm bringing my father-in-law it'll be his first experience of classical guitar fantastic well (laughs) I I hope he will 
he will he will enjoy it. Oh, he loves music. He's going to love it. Pat, thanks so much for taking the time out Hello. to chat with me. We're going to play Thank out you, with one of your pieces. We're going to play out with the Jumping Church. The, the best to look. Church. Best of luck That's this that. evening. And the, the the Jumping Church, actually, for any of your listeners, um, was inspired by the Jumping Church just outside RD. In RD. Uh, which is a very famous historic landmark. So please enjoy. It is indeed. Pat, thanks a million. See you later on. The best of luck. Break a leg. Thank you, Joan. Take care. And that's it also from me on Late Lunch today. Thanks a million to all my guests and to my producer, Louise, till tomorrow afternoon. Take care. Bye-bye. Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Opening launch sales offers are now available from Blackstone Motors, and we are giving away a 191 Renault Clio. Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda now to enter. LMFM Podcasts. Brought to you with Cark McCross Credit Union, where dreaming of warmer climates becomes a reality with a Cark McCross Credit Union holiday loan. O'Neill Street, Cark McCross, or CarkMcCrossCU.ie. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.